Hi, Bobby. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, yeah, really good, thank you. Well, it's, welcome, um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure You're to be here. Uh, it's, um, it's amazing to have you on. I mean, you're such an icon. That, uh... <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, you are, definitely. I don't think so. <laughs> so we, we'd agree to differ. <laughs> okay, no problem. So do you live in, do you live in Brighton? Is that where you are? I do. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I moved down here last July, um, uh, middle of a, middle of a global lockdown. So yeah. Um, yeah. Great time to move. But, um, but now I love it. I've, you know, I'm like right now I'm looking out of my office window at, um, a load of ships and a cliff face and, um, and the sea. So it's, it's a, it's a really glorious place to be. Yeah, I mean it's it's a nice place. I've been down there once, and it was for Trans Pride Brighton twenty nineteen. Yeah, that was amazing. The first one I went to. Yeah. Have you been to yeah. any of those? You know what, I haven't. But I was talking to the organisers um, a couple of weeks ago um, to see whether we can um, see if I can help them out in some way or another. But it, yeah. but it's um, uh, such an amazing event you know it's 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 one of those things that I think is is really fabulous because it's it's exactly like pride used to be you know it's a real grassroots yeah, yeah. led event and I think you know it's 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 becoming more and more popular and um, I think they're going to have to look at ways where that they can get some funding in somehow or another but and and of course that will change change probably some of the feel of it but it's um what an amazing thing amazing thing to, is. To, uh, we've done fabulous yeah i mean the, the i think the first time you go to these kind of events it's kind of overwhelming because you you meet a lot of people that you probably know online on twitter and yeah absolutely things, yeah, you meet them yeah. in, you meet them in real life and it's you it's, do it's amazing you do kind of it is lovely meet the people you've been chatting yeah. to remotely it's, yeah. it's like sparkle isn't it you know i've been to yeah. been to sparkle loads of times in fact i've I knew the person that, that set it up and um and I played on the main stage a couple of times but oh, the yeah. um but um but uh but it is you know it's a, it's a lovely it's a lovely way to bring together all of our community and like yeah. and and that community includes allies you know and it's it's just it's just something in a in a world that sometimes um feels very negative and very oppressive for trans people i think having that type of event where it's a just an out and out celebration of something that's um that i mean i know i'm biased but i think being trans is a gift and i think it's something that that really needs to be celebrated and i think it's really fabulous that we have these just amazing events where we can go along and be ourselves and just just be happy and just celebrate each other. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, the trans pride events are, they're still very much a, a protest march and then a kind of a, absolutely a bit of a party afterwards. Exactly. Whereas and that's the, exactly the how normal, they should be. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the normal pride events, um, those nowadays are probably less protest and more just a party. And I guess Maybe, at some point, trans, yeah. trans pride events will be more, you know, less about um, inclusive party and less protesting. We've, we've got our rights finally, and it's more, you know, more of a party hopefully in the future. Yeah, hopefully that's that's the master plan, isn't it? The master we'll, plan. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. We will. we will absolutely get there. Definitely. Absolutely. So hopefully there'll be one 
this year, and we can uh, we can all meet up down there. That'd be, that would be great. I think it's looking it's looking good. You know, it's um, you know, everything's up in the air, isn't it? This year, I mean, yeah. it's, it's I'm not going to be doing a trans in the city physical event. I think I'll do another virtual one this year. But I think I kind of hope that if if nothing else, I hope we can get trans pride going you yeah, know i hope crossed. we can all meet up for trans pride. i think it's um um i really think it's a wonderful event yeah there's another great one that started up recently in bristol which is um oh, I've had... that one in 2019 as well i don't think they did one last year for obvious reasons yeah but that's another one um that's organized by a friend of mine uh kaz self i don't know if you know kaz oh yeah it's, yeah i do actually. yeah 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 i mean you know what it, it's it's exactly that those type of events actually that do so much good for our community because people that I mean lots of people have never met a trans person you know and it's it's um uh and it's just something that's just so happy and positive and you know people then meet trans people when they're not under attack and they're not on the defensive because you know lots of us are all the time and we lots of us get a hell of a load of abuse all the time um and um and it's just really lovely when when we can just feel safe and perfect safe environment exactly and just you know it always brings out the brings out the best in in any community doesn't it when when they feel safe and they can just relax and enjoy themselves yeah so be yourself meet your friends yeah exactly Yeah, yeah definitely so i mean you are for your, for your day job, let's say, you're a senior project um, and program manager. And so that's changed actually. Has it? Um, okay. Yeah, since the, since the new year. So right. um, yeah, so I'm now diversity and inclusion consultant. So um, is that, are you no longer with BP? Have you? No, I'm with BP. So Still um, with BP. Okay. yeah, BP have gone through a, um, uh, a pretty remarkable or started at least a very remarkable transformation away from being a uh, an oil and gas company into very much a an energy company, and they're doing lots of um, stuff around uh, environmentally conscious energy and stuff like that, which is which is really fabulous actually, and, and probably long overdue, but 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 um, but actually sort of fairly pioneering in the oil and gas field. Yeah. But one of the things that they've put right at the core of um uh their company now is empathic management and uh and people and um and they're really uh putting their money where their mouth is in terms of diversity and inclusion and um uh and yeah i work in the most amazing team of um uh of diversity and inclusion consultants now and um and yeah, and it's it's um, it's a fab role. It's something that I've really wanted to get into professionally for a long time, and obviously, you know, privately, I've been yeah doing sort of odds and sods here and there. And um, so um, so yeah, it's really lovely. It's it's part of my day job now. So so is this BP's Pride Transgender Group? Is that the thing? You're talking no, about? so so no, so this is actually. Um, diversity and inclusion for the corporate side of BP. Okay. Um, so the BP Pride, BP's always had a really strong um, employee resource group called uh, BP Pride. So that's the LGBTQ plus yeah. Yeah. 
organization. Um, and I'm on the um, steerco for that, but I'm also the right. co-chair of um, BP Pride's trans group. So I was the first person to openly come out as transgender um, BP. In, in BP. And, oh. um, uh, and that was four years ago now, I guess. And, um, uh, and yeah, you know, I, I was fairly well known at BP. I'd, I mean, I was a contractor actually at the time, um, but I, been permanent at BP. I used to run uh, their Windows Server team in their trading arm, so I was I was fairly well known. Um, and I've been in and out of BP probably for the last fifteen years, contracting in in various project and program manager roles around IT. So I, I was well known. I knew um, me coming out and me transitioning would cause a splash so I decided to make it the biggest bloody splash that they'd ever seen in their lives <laughs> um and um uh and I think actually if I'd have known how how much of a day job transitioning is on its own yeah. I might have I might have had second thoughts but actually you know it's that first year I had um I had a phrase um and th- there was a it, I had a partner in crime, Freddie Cormack, who's, who, who was my co-chair of um, the trans group. And she's, she's now, um, now retired off to France, but, but we had a phrase that first year that we wanted to blow the bloody doors off trans awareness. <laughs> um, and we did, you know, we, and we, we absolutely blew the doors off globally in BP. Um, I don't think there's, there's, I think we went around every single BP site, um, and it was really from from that experience um, uh, and that knowledge of how to train people, um, how to make trans inclusion a success at work, that um, trans in the city was born. Because we, you know, we started uh, going along to other company events, and some companies had other trans role models and were doing well but we're almost competing against companies, you know, it was almost like an arms race. See yeah. who could do the best trans event. Um, and other companies didn't have any role models, didn't know where to start, didn't know what to do. Um, so we decided to start trans in the city and give everything away for free. Yes. So it's trans in the city. I mean, I'm, I think everybody's heard of that. It's, it's a very well-known organization and they're all about, trans inclusivity and education is that correct no so so we're um uh so trans in the city is uh, a global corporate collaboration to raise trans awareness within business um so we started off i think we we, we kicked it off in november 2018 with five five companies that's the trans rights or human rights campaign it is. That was our last oh, okay. campaign that, yeah. that that we did. Um, uh, and that last campaign, I think we had 260 odd companies sign up to. Um, we've got over 300 as part of, of trans in the city, um, right. which is kind of nutty me saying that now. because we, you know, we started off with five the first year. We had 65 in 2019 for our event at the top of the Canary Wharf Tower. And um and yeah, now we've got like 360 or something, something nutty. But but it's, you know, we've got just about every huge name that you can yeah. that you can imagine really now. So 
Including my company who signed up this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a... funny, you know, because it was um because uh, I started my career at um British Aerospace. Did so right. I did. I was at um So which site were you at? I was at Dunsfold Aerodrome, Kingston and Weybridge. Okay. And um we yeah, are working on Harriers and Hawks. And um and yeah, I fit I I uh, did a four-year apprenticeship, ended up working at Dunsfold Aerodrome in flight test avionics and um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, uh, and then, yeah, went on from, went on from there. It was, it was a very, it was a very, I mean, I don't know, it, it's probably loads different, but I mean, in the early nineties, it was very up and down, really. It was, it was either flat out making aircraft or, no orders at all and, yeah. and nothing to do, you know, and it was, I, mean, um, I was, I, I've, I've had two stints at, at uh, BA systems. First time it was British aerospace. Yeah. I, I worked at the Woodford site and I was working oh, okay. yeah, yeah. commercial aircraft there. I yeah. believe it was the, the ATP and the yeah. 146. And then that was kind of transferred up to Scotland. And uh, later it's about 95, 96 period i think eventually that um you know it was it was all stopped yeah and, yeah you know woodford's now closed and uh, you know there's no longer any uh, commercial aircraft activity going on in the system no no and that's gone. right yeah it's very yeah i do look back on it fondly it's um there was one I, you know i was so lucky actually because being an apprentice i went around every single department in um yeah in Kingston and, and Weybridge and did, did everything. And then uh, went down to flight tests and, and did some amazing things and like rode on airport fire tenders and put out massive great buckets of fire and all of that. But, um, but, um, but there was one aircraft actually that, that kind of followed me through all my career. And it was, it was a, a Harrier GR7 ZD348 and um and I, I followed around every single bit of that airframe all the way through its manufacturing in Kingston, yeah. all the way down to Dunsfold when they put the cockpit and the wings on and put the engine in. And then I was in flight test when it flew and uh, and then worked on it again with um, uh, some avionics upgrades. So it's, it's, I mean, I think it's, I think it was shipped off to the States as, as spares, I think, but, um, but uh but it's very nice, you know, you can see pictures of something that was something that I worked on every single area of, you know, and it's it's, yeah. it's a very special thing. Yeah, it sounds like you've got some good memories there. So you also are, um, I, I would say you're one of the leading diversity role models in the UK for trans issues. You have you many, you have many awards. And I'm going to list a few here, if you don't mind. <laughs> Go on. So, yeah, this is the embarrassing part. <laughs> it is, yeah. We've yeah. got 2019 and 2020 Yahoo Finance LGBT uh, Future Leaders Award. Uh, you were number 14 in the 2020 Pride Power List. 2019 Rainbow um, Diversity Champion Award. Yeah. Um, PCW's Stonewall 50 Inspirational Role Model, our 2020 Nestle British LGBT Awards winner in the Diversity Hero category, to name a few. So, you know, you've got a whole string of amazing 
awards there. How, I mean, how do you, where do you get your drive from? What drives you to, you know, achieve these kind of things? You know what? It, it's I mean, the, the awards are, are, are amazing. You know, they they are. They're, they're, they are um, there's something that you know personally i find it really embarrassing on on one level really. and well it, it, you know it all comes down to self-esteem doesn't it but um but i do feel embarrassed about being singled out when i know there's loads of people that do that just phenomenal stuff um yeah behind the um, scenes yeah absolutely and actually you know what i'm i'm not one of those people that seeks out any um uh any attention i'd, I'd yeah, much I rather be one of those people that yeah. that sits behind the scenes and does loads of stuff and everybody goes what the bloody hell happened there who did that and no one knows you know that that's that's kind of more my style but i just um um i just get you know that those awards lots of them were were um uh people like freddie nominating me yeah. and, and then i used to um uh, i used to have a go at them afterwards <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, but you know the thing that really drives me um is i don't want anybody to have to go on the same journey i went on you know my journey yeah. to where i am now has been a really tough one and um i'm lucky to be here you know there's there was loads of times when when I I really very nearly came close to taking my own life, not because I'm trans, but just because the the pressure being put on me not to be trans, you know, to fulfil some role in society that that wasn't me was 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 just so hard and just made my life such a bleak, horrible place, you know, and 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 that's that's a journey that I don't think anybody should go on it's, it's not a journey anybody should be forced to go on it's, it's and it's not needed you know being trans is just a a perfectly natural variation found in lots of species not just humans you know so you know the the, the way that that not just our society but lots of societies vilify trans people and put so much pressure on them causes them to to feel that they're their existence is pointless and worthless and bleak and horrible and that's what causes so many trans people to take their own lives and that's not I, I just get so angry about it because it's it's just it's just not how things should be it's not um uh it's just not right and and people shouldn't have to go on the same uh crappy journey that I went on um to get to the point where I'm me and happy and I've known four people um you know I've been out and about in the trans community for um probably 30 years now and I've known four people in that time take their own lives um I've known seven that have come incredibly close to to taking their own lives and that's what drives me. I, you know, I don't want yeah. those four people to turn into five people. Indeed. And frankly, I will do everything and I'll keep doing 
everything I possibly can to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, you know, similar numbers of people, as you just mentioned yourself, uh, who've taken yeah. their lives and who've been very close to doing it. It's, it's very difficult kind of topic to talk about. You know, there's, there's lots of mental health issues within our community, not necessarily because people are trans, but, you know, there are, you know, other mental health issues as well. Of course, you know, and there's so, so I much. Mean, if you, when, you, when you're being suppressed by the, the situation that you find yourself in for, for, you know, political reasons or lack of proper um, health care, you know, these all contribute to those mental health issues. Of course they are. Of, uh, and of yeah. course they do, you know, and, and it's, it's uh, you know, let's be honest, there isn't a, a single trans person in the country, including me, that, 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 that doesn't have damage from the from the the journey that they've they've had to take you know and it's yeah. you know, I, I count myself really I count myself really lucky actually that that you know the areas of damage that I've got um actually don't really affect my my day-to-day life but you know I've, I've actually you know I have as many battle scars as as any other trans person and um, you know, I think it really needs to be recognised among, I mean, let's be honest, it needs to be recognised among the government, it needs to be recognised around the, the medical profession, just yeah. the amount of mental well-being issues that are being caused by the, pol- the policies, the lack of education, the lack of awareness um, that are just through society in general, but, you know, especially um in the medical profession um especially in gps um yeah i absolutely appreciate they're doing the best job uh that they can but you know endocrinology knowledge among gps not just for trans people but for for everybody women as well is shockingly um and um you know some gps uh, and I appreciate this is stuff they do in their own time. Some GPs go out and find that knowledge and um, awareness themselves and, and others just don't bother. And I think every trans person that you speak to has a story of trying to transition or trying to explain to a GP or a, um, a medical professional and just coming up against the most unacceptable ignorance um and that's you know it's not what trans people need um from their medical professionals and frankly it's not what women need when you know they're looking at hrt for for menopause and stuff like that from their their gps and medical professionals either you know it's um um you know it's something that's really simple something that's very safe something that's very cheap um to to really you know enhance people's lives so amazingly so we we do need to have um gps trained up in this kind of field um of course you absolutely know, you know i mean you just mentioned that yeah i mean and you know i i fully appreciate that that you know it's um uh you know many gps might not come across lots of lots of trans people but they will come across uh, lots of women that that 
are looking for um, uh, hormone treatment yeah. for menopause and, and all the rest. But um, uh, and and it's exactly the same skill set. So I honestly don't understand why there isn't more emphasis put on um, uh, on training for hormone therapy. Um, honestly, I, I I just don't get it. Yeah, because I mean, the current situation is, especially for trans people, you know, you go to your GP, you talk to them about your gender dysphoria, and they give you a referral to a GIC, which is a, yeah. a gender identity clinic. And then you, you're in a, a queue for approximately two years before you even get to see anybody. And I think that, actually, honestly, if you if, yeah. if you get an appointment within two years, I think you're probably going to be about the most lucky trans person in the in the UK, actually. So you know, um, that, that think, delay in in getting, um, you know, to your first appointment and probably not having any HRT treatment in that period unless you go private. You know, yeah. that, that is a huge pressure on the individual because not only are you not getting the medical attention you need and you're not getting the HRT but to you know to get a gender recognition certificate there's a requirement for you to live in role and while you're Absolutely. doing that you're not getting any support or any HRT so that makes Absolutely. you know makes that whole situation impossible really for some people you know unless, you, unless you're lucky you know, enough people... to be able to afford you know private uh, clinic absolutely yeah it's absolutely it's, it's ridiculous you know, you know it's it's and that's you know, I mean, that that first, those first few months when you um, when you start to transition, you live in your proper gender role is is so so difficult anyway. Yeah. You know, it's it's you throw away your entire comfort zone. You do. You throw away your position in society, and you start from scratch. Um, and you have it's such a steep learning curve, and it's um. And under so much pressure, even even little things like you know going to fill the car up with petrol and standing in a queue at a petrol station, and I mean I remember you know those first first few weeks, my um, uh, my daughter uh, fancied some fish and chips, and I was like, yeah, no problem. We jumped in the car, drove to the fish and chip shop, and then sat outside it for 40 minutes because there was a crowd of teenagers standing outside and I was I just couldn't get out of the car you know this is such such pressure transitioning is a is a hard job you know it's not a it's a it's a hard hard thing to go through and social transitioning is probably harder than than the physical transitioning side it's 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 an incredibly tough thing to go through. It is. Um, I remember my no. first first attempt to go outside as myself. You know, I mean, just getting from the front door to the car was hard enough. Absolutely. And then once you're in the car, you know, you've got a bit of safety because you're inside your car. And then yeah. I drove from, I live not too far from uh, Preston. So I drove over to uh, live in St. Anne's, parked the yeah. car up. And my intention was to go for a little walk down the prom there. Yeah, and it literally took me thirty minutes to get out of the car once I'd parked up on the front. Absolutely, you know, I was petrified. Yeah, absolutely. Once, once I'd actually got out of the car, I almost got run over, <laughs> which was kind of a bit of a shocking uh, experience. But I yeah. survived the day. You know, I walked around the block, walked down the prom, and went straight back to my car. But yeah, you know, just the achievement of doing that for the first time was, you know, really helped me in my 
absolutely early days you know, of transition you know definitely and it's you know that's one of those things that that i think people trans people actually maybe don't don't even appreciate but it's that you know people always sort of think um whether it's it's being trans or having a like a mental well-being issue you know going through um uh, depression or going through um suicidal periods in your life whatever you know people generally see that as a weakness but it's it's absolutely not it's an it's an absolute strength because people that go through those things are the people that know everything about themselves and have built resilience and have built inner strength and have built those ways of coping which are just phenomenal absolutely you know you build this this foundation to yourself that makes you such a strong person and that's you know it's so useful it's going back to going back to business you know it's it's so useful to have somebody that you know has been tempered through all of those stressful times and challenges and has come out the other side it doesn't it doesn't make a weaker person it makes a far far stronger person far stronger you know yeah you know just the process of going through all the little things you all the little steps you have to do in your transition definitely most of them are terrifying you know you've got to to tell your family you've got to go and tell everybody at work you've got to tell all your friends your neighbors everybody you know then you've got to go through all the paperwork stuff absolutely and you know, you know what those things so is so hard and it's like a little, it's like a little yeah, achievement absolutely. every time you get one of the things done you know give yourself a absolutely. little pat on the back and yeah you become and i think that's why there's it. there's so many trans people i know that just success of their life yeah 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 amazing i think i think so many people trans people I know that, that have made such a success of their life after their transition, you know, that yeah. have just really, I think it's because you've already, you've already taken a huge leap of faith into the unknown by starting to transition that actually afterwards, you know, the other leaps of faith that you come across, like, you know, should I start my own business? Should I do, you know, whatever it is, it becomes a, less of a challenge for lots of trans people and they just go for it yeah and they end up massively successful i mean you only have to look at people like sammy howard that kicked off tea and coffee or yeah katie neves you know it's just just people that i mean jake and hannah just people that really transitioned and then actually have just grown into such success stories afterwards you know and they're they're people that if they hadn't have transitioned then you know we'd we'd probably never have heard of them and society would have been a lot less of a rich fabulous place without them in it you know it's it's as though you 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 know you go through your transition you get you get to a certain stage and you've you know everybody knows you you've kind of everything kind of settles down and maybe you're just waiting to finish off some paperwork things or you're waiting for your official yep. appointments with GICs and things. But you get to that point where, you know, you've you've released yourself from the shackles of living in the closet for decades. Absolutely. And, you know, you suddenly find yourself, oh, I can go and do this now and I can go and do that. And you, 
you become kind of energized and yeah you, you do just, absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah it is a it is a great it is exactly that actually it's an unshackling of it's unshackling of, of um, all the past misery i guess you may have yeah through. and it's i mean you know i mean there's always there's i mean you know when i look back at my life there's some there's some amazingly happy times i mean like you know both my both my kids were just and still are an absolute joy you know and it's it's um but yeah i mean it was you can never i don't think really succeed as a person if you're having to project yeah. a version of you that isn't the truth but i think if you just can be yourself then you know you can just let everything go and yeah, and exactly and just let exactly. all of that creativity yeah. and, and goodness out and it comes it's, out on its it, own absolutely absolutely it's yeah. it's amazing you know it it's, amazing. It's, i um, think i'm going through that right now actually i'm i'm, I'm getting to that stage yeah. where you know everything has almost been done and yeah i'm i'm starting to feel the benefits of that it's it's quite an amazing thing to be honest gender gender euphoria is uh, yes, it's the best thing in the world <laughs> yeah but yeah. i mean you, i mean absolutely you are i mean you're doing this podcast for a start which is which yeah, is absolutely amazing you know, like, I've two years to ago, so i would never ones. have done something like this no no of course not and it's and you know you will go from i can guarantee you'll go from leaps to bounds to you know better and better things because i've seen it yeah. in so so many trans people it's 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 the unleashing it's a transformation <laughs> in more than just how you look Indeed. you know yeah, it's um absolutely. it's amazing so i think we have something in common i think we're pretty much in the same age bracket i'm in my mid 50s i think we're probably in late, oh now late, late late 30s yeah no definitely <laughs> late 30s i'm no i'm uh, actually like it was my birthday two days ago actually. oh was it, was it? happy birthday 52 happy birthday yeah, thank you 52 another lockdown yeah. Lockdown birthday. Lockdown birthday. It's very, yeah. it's very so, exciting. I did a really, really fabulous trip from my bedroom to the kitchen to the lounge, <laughs> and then later in the evening, I did, I did the reverse as well. So it was, uh, yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah, my family, we've missed so many important birthdays in this past um, year. You know, it's my, hard. My yeah, 50th. it's really hard. Somebody was a ninety. You know, there's been so many. It's, uh, it's been difficult. Really it has. Difficult time. My son lives over in Wales, so I haven't actually seen my son in 14 months now, which is um, which is really hard. Oh, in fact, actually, last year I worked out um, from um, middle of February until the end of last year, I actually had 15 days when I saw a person in the flesh, which oh. is um, which yeah. is pretty rubbish, isn't it? Really, it's pretty but, rubbish. Um, it really is. But you know, it's it's um, but we'll get there, you know, and and. You know, it's it's um, the main thing is that I think that everybody stays safe, yeah, and um, and we just get through this this rubbish time, and then yeah. and then things will be things will be better. Yes, and we can have a bloody a, great party. We, oh yeah, that party's going to be one hell of a party. <laughs> it will be. It will. it will be. Yeah. yeah, they better make sure they have a load of gin in stock. <laughs> <laughs> are you a gin drinker? I guess you are. By that comment, I am a gin drinker. Yeah, I am. Yes, I, I, I did. Um, <laughs> I used to be, uh, I used to be a bit of, I used to be a, be a wine drinker, but, um, but um, I just get the most catastrophic hangovers on wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I avoid it these days. But um, but no, gin is just um, gin is just fabulous. It is nice. It is. It certainly is. It's a nice drink. Let's it is talk, very nice. Yeah. Let, let's talk about your um, early transition. I mean, when did you when did you first realise that there was something not quite right? Was this in your childhood, or was it later in life? Um. I mean, in terms, yeah, and it was, you know, what my earliest memory was um, or is um, sitting underneath my mum's ironing board when I was about three years old, um, wondering what the hell I'd done wrong because I was a girl, but she was buying me all this boy's stuff, you know, yeah. buying me all these boys' clothes and 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 and, and, and I just, I, I didn't understand it and, and, um, and, I guess in those early years, I used to go around to my nan's house and, um, and uh, she, I think it was like a 1950s thing, but she had some wigs and she had like lovely, like floaty, like silk, um, uh, like jackets and stuff like that. And I used to, every time I went around my nan's house, I used to go around there, put on a wig, put on a like floaty jacket and just, and just be me, you know? And it was, um, um, and uh and i guess probably around 6 years old was when when my dad gave me the comp- gave me the the talk about you know that's not what boys do and all the rest mm. but but i spent my whole childhood wanting a doll and playing with my sister's doll's house and really annoying her um and um and um and yeah so the only dolls i was allowed with was action men yeah. um and I, I had the most pacifist action men in the world, actually, because we used to, we used to just like get in like the the action men jeep, or I had a, um, uh, like a little tank thing as well, and we just used to go off on jaunts down the garden and just like sit and have tea parties and and wander back. It was, so I think they had a sounds, great time actually. Like fun. But um, the only thing that was a disappointment is um, Barbie's clothes don't fit action men. <laughs> which um, was one of the great disappointments of my childhood. It's, it's still a big, big scar in my life, actually. <laughs> so were, you, were your parents supportive of you when you were young, going through these? No, kind of, no. no. You, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it was, you know, it was the 1970s. There was, yeah. there was no internet. There, you know, there was no, there was, I, you know, I didn't even meet another trans person until I was probably in my late 30s, um, I, I spent those early days um, thinking I was a freak and the only the only trans person in the world, you know. And it's, um, um, I guess, really after those those initial chats from my dad of you know that boys aren't supposed to do that sort of thing, then um, that's the time that I really started covering covering up who I was and you know, projecting an image of of me being a boy, you know, and doing doing those things that that boys were supposed to enjoy you know I mean I wanted to go to ballet I remember having an argument about me wanting to go to ballet and um uh and not being allowed um and being sent to like a Monday night football thing club whatever it was and which is obviously catastrophic <laughs> I, did, I did extremely badly and got bullied at that because I was like the little wimpy the wimpy effeminate little boy that was yeah. that was more interested in painting and all of those sort of things so um so yeah absolutely hated it you know i wanted to go to brownies but i had to go to cubs which i, I did kind of enjoy but it was a bit too 
it was a bit too rough and tumble but i guess from cubs i got a um uh i got a real love for the outdoors actually and that was you know i spent lots of my early teenage years i used to tell my um tell my mum and dad that i was going off to meet my friends but i didn't really get on with it's one of those difficult things you know i didn't really get on with boys um and I wanted to get on with girls, but of course they didn't want to know anything to do with me because I was a boy to to them. So, so actually, I spent lots of lots of my early teens on my own. Actually, um, so I used to sort of say I'm going off to meet some friends, and then just spend. Um, there was a tree down the local park that was hollowed out. It was like one of those ones that's hollowed out with fungus, but it was probably about 10 foot up there was a big sort of Y branch in the tree and it was hollowed out and I could sit in it even if it was raining and stay stay dry so yes I just used to spend days up in my tree reading books thinking all of that sort of stuff and um and um I guess just surviving really school days weren't weren't great um and then you know like out of the blue I bumped into one thing I was allowed to do was drama. So I was, I was allowed to do drama and music. Um, and I bumped into an amazing, amazing person called Paul at, um, at drama class. Um, and he just got Dungeons and Dragons from the US. He'd got the black and white first printed version. And we started playing Dungeons and Dragons. And, um, and I just fell in with uh, another great bunch of dropouts really <laughs> that, were, that were based just loan, loners and nerds and um um and yeah that's probably that probably saved my childhood really yeah. i made some amazing friends I mean, funnily enough we we play dungeons and dragons still we've been playing for <laughs> almost 40 years now same oh. same group of people that's amazing. um and from there you know lots of them were, were members of the the music room there was a again another group of dropouts that used to hang around the music room to s- stop being beaten up in the playground and um and I sort of kind of joined that group and from that group I started playing I'd always sung actually I'd sung from a really early age but um but yeah from that I learned to play guitar and learned to play bass and learned a bit of music and and um I guess used that as a a way of expressing myself for for the next 35 years or whatever yeah. so it was um you know from that one he was an amazing I mean I see I still see him now he lives over in Ireland these days but he's he, you know he was um he was such a and is still such an amazing person he's um he's but you know lots of those I was very much a loner and very much just yeah, didn't really know much about anything and and Paul was like one of those boats knew so much everything you know and he was like and and he was um uh you know he introduced me to different music and he's he's, he's always been one of those really like he's always been an explorer uh and I think he still is you know and he, and and he's he's one of those people that you just hang around with and he'll just sort of say like oh I've listened to this or have you watched this or done that and you just yeah. sit there and think 
bloody hell, you know, I thought I knew everything. And you just blown open another door to another world, you know, and that's, and that's yeah. what he did when I was what, 13 or whatever. And, and that's what he's, he's done ever since. And, um, and yeah, that group of friends are incredibly special to me. It's funny because the, the, when I first started transitioning, um, uh, two of them married, Sarah and Bruce, gorgeous people. The same group and, of um, friends, yeah from the same group of friends yeah, yeah. and they um and they own a woodland now in um uh in sussex and every year apart from last year blah 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 every year we go down there and um camp out in the woods and i bring my guitar and just play a load of crap and um and we just sit around and laugh and joke and 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 roast a whole pig over an open <laughs> fire and it's it's Sounds just amazing. it's just fabulous and um yeah it's it is something that's really well, special I mean, you, you, and, you um, survived you survived your teen years it sounds like you had a, a a good support group of people around you you know getting you through those yeah teen i mean years. i had a i had a i mean they didn't know anything that i was i was going through and there was a there was that was probably the, the first time that that i came close to killing myself was was around about 14 and it yeah, kind of carried on from there but um but it's um yeah you know it's 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 I think it's an indication of of how close we are as friends that they were all so pissed off at me that I didn't tell them when I was 14. Um, well, I mean, it know, would have been really I told them around the campfire one 14. year. Can you imagine having that conversation? It would have age? been, yeah. but it's, um, yeah, it would have been. And, I, I, and, you know, it took me a long time to come to terms with it myself. Yeah. But, um, but you know what, actually looking back, I think they probably would have accepted me without, hesitation even then because that's just the type of people they are and and they always have been but um but yeah you know i had a journey to go on yeah but, so um that would but now been... i mean they're so they're so supportive now right yeah so did you do an apprentice apprenticeship at age 16 was that when you started that um so i did uh so i started when i was 17 so i was one of the oldest right. okay. apprentices um, I did a year of sixth form, um, yeah. year of A levels. Right. Um, but at, at the time, I was going through such a a rough patch, just with me being trans and not having any information and not knowing anything about it. And and I'd just gone through the whole. Um, I'd just gone through that phase where I'd, I'd really got, you know, it was that. It, it, to be honest, it was puberty. It was going through the wrong puberty. Yeah. yeah. Um, everything that I didn't want was happening happened to me in that puberty. And I just didn't know how to cope with it. And I didn't have anybody to speak to uh, and I didn't have any support. And it just made it feel it was just too huge and I couldn't handle it. Um, and I came so close, so close to, um, to killing myself. Then I think I'm really lucky that I didn't. Yeah. Um, and really that wrecked my, my, I mean, I did well in my O-levels. Um, I'm blessed with a, with a photographic memory, which is, which is what got me through my O-levels really, to be honest, because there was, because I was, I was pretty much falling apart as a person uh, in the second year of my O-levels, but just being able to memorize things really quickly helped me get through O-levels o but but when I started doing my A-levels I was um I was I was literally in pieces really um 
so yeah bombed out of um bombed out of a levels and um uh and um kind of fell into um fell into the apprenticeship at british air um british aerospace yeah and it's, you know it's funny at the time because at, at, at the sixth form it was i was i was actually starting to express myself as me so i'd, I'd grown my hair right um you know i was thinking about getting my ears pierced which in you know in 1896 yeah, or whatever it was whenever it was that then it was it, it was yeah it was a bit of an i i i eyebrow raiser but yeah, um indeed. but then of course you know started my apprenticeship and it was very much short back and sides and all the rest yeah, of the stuff so yeah. conformity um, time yeah and it was very you know the first bit of it was the first i think six months or a year was very um it's almost very military, male orientated environment. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Probably no girls on you. It was in your um. No, there wasn't any girls. There was there was everybody had to wear the same grey boiler suit, um, and it was even things like you know like steel toe cap boots, but they had to be polished and all the rest of the stuff. So it was it was very um. It was almost military military sort of based yeah. sort of training that first year and then um first year training sort camp. Of, uh, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah but it was um but you know it was a good it was a good foundation of of knowledge and those sort of analytical skills that i think held me in good stead through through my it career actually i think yeah i mean yeah, there are was, pr- those, very those apprenticeships are very kind of good foundational um absolutely they absolutely do, they do set you up for you know a career within the engineering world i guess even if you don't follow it strictly definitely on, but it's, yeah it's definitely a good foundation absolutely i, I mean the huge hugely valued and, and 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 i think you know it's one of the um you know i think that's one of the things that that we need to value again as a society is 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 not just academic learning, but vocational learning as well. You know, yeah, there needs to be both. Because, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very important. Did you? So you 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 probably didn't go to uh, university during that stage. You would have been straight no. into no. I went to college job yeah. after your apprenticeship finished, college, night school, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I did. So, um, I did, did technical you, um, college one yeah. day, one day a week, and then yeah, I did that too. Is that how you met your wife? Did you did you get married at that time? I got married at twenty one, um, and I actually met her through um, music. Actually, did she you? was I was um, so I started playing round pubs when I was seventeen um, with a um, so uh, yeah yeah you know what they're sort of. Uh, the um, enthusiasm and confidence of youth, isn't it? But, yeah. but I was down my local. I was down my local pub, and there was uh, one of these um, uh, like lone guitarists playing. Uh, and I just wandered up to him and said, uh, "Oh, hi! I'm a bass player. I'm really good. Can I come and come? And, can I come and play?" Uh, and I think he was he was probably was probably half torn between telling me to telling me to bugger <laughs> off or or saying yes and he just kind of said like oh yeah all right then if you want and um uh so yeah i went went back home uh woke up my mum and dad which went down really well um, got my bass guitar my first one 
I think I've been playing it for like six months. I was awful. And um, came back and, and played the rest of the night with this this uh, American bloke in the pub and then toured around loads of pubs with him for probably about two, three years after that. And so um, you, you formed a little uh, band and kind of made a bit of money from doing that, did you? Yeah, it was just the two of us, really. Yeah, I'm not sure I made any money out of it. I'm not sure if I did. Well, I think he got probably some, got all got the money. Actually, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'm after again. I wonder if he's still around now. But um, but he's, I, he's I not some famous wife, singer now. Uh, but it's one kind of the pubs, right? So you no, no. It's um, I worked my wife. She was she was just in one of the pubs, and and um, uh, yeah, we just got talking, and then um, yeah, things went from there. Yeah, and you now you have two kids. I do have two kids, uh, Jerry and Amy. So Jerry's, Jerry's just had his birthday. His birthday's the day before mine. So he's right. um, twenty-four, and Amy's twenty. And um, so Amy's studying English at university. Jerry's a, um, a peatland ecologist in Wales. Right. Now. If we fast forward a little to 2017, I guess that was the time when your official transition began. Can you just explain to us how that came about? And, you know, you've been living kind of semi in the closet for quite a long time. How, how did you get to the yeah. decision where, you, you know, it was time to do your transition properly and come out to everybody and, you know, tell people what was going yeah, on? Yeah, so it was, I mean... Yeah, it was so. I guess the moment where I realised that I needed to was was um, it was about six months half. So so the last time I really came close to killing myself was sixteenth um, of September two thousand and sixteen, okay. um, and I came really really close. And the only reason that I didn't was was I realised at the last moment I was going to throw myself under a lorry, um, and. Um, I realized at the last moment that, that I hadn't written the songs that I wanted for my funeral, um, which really, really annoyed me because that was the one bit about my life. That I just wanted to be perfect. You know, everything else was not a lie, but just not how I wanted it to be. And I just wanted my funeral to be perfect. So I was really annoyed, but, um, well, thank God. You uh, and I went back and on the, well yeah it's um yeah um and um and on the way back home i was trying to like get myself because i decided i was going to write out the songs and then come back the next day and get on with it and on the way home i stopped to try and get my pull myself together and um and heard a song called titanium by sia which kind of like spoke to me and just gave me that nudge to to carry on and give it like another day and so after about six months after that I kind of realized that I was just in such a bleak colorless world that there was just no point carrying on how I was carrying on so I, I just kind of realized that I either needed to get on with it and um, get on with just checking out as it were or yeah. um, or transition and um uh and transitioning has just been the most amazing thing honestly that when there's so much there's so much color and joy i get out of the world that i never thought existed you know but but um 
I mean, talk about so, that yeah, so, blossoming um, once you start transitioning that we were just talking about. I mean, that definitely happened with you, didn't it? I mean, you, you, yeah, going, you went from these bleak moments to, you know, to where you are now. And it's a total transformation yeah. in those few years. It has been, and it has, it is like one of those, it has been, I mean, you know, there is, is the driver of, I don't want anybody else to go through what I went to, but, but yeah. being myself and being happy and being confident enough, even though, I mean, I still have the world's worst self-esteem really, but the, but, you know, being confident in, in myself um is is the thing that's unleashed me to go and go and do what i do and i guess it's it's one of those um yeah i'm very much in the in i guess in the situation of of you know i look at things and think well what's the worst that's going to happen i've already been to the worst so So whatever i do is it's not going to be as exactly it's never going to be as bad as that so why don't i try you know and that kind of makes you feel that i think is it does because it's a very very powerful thing because you know even if you're under pressure even if you feel down even if you feel worn out then i've got that litmus test where i can always go well yeah i might feel a bit rubbish but you know, actually, I'm only like seven out of 10 compared to where I used to be. So I'm fine. I'll be able to get over this because I got over that, you know. Yeah. So and it's it's, yeah. it's, it's you, hugely, you, hugely powerful. Yeah. Amazing. Powerful. Confidence. Confidence. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. It does. It does. And um, yeah. So, you know, once I decided that's what I was going to do, I went went to my GP and, and got the usual... Um, blank stare no idea what the hell to do with this person in front of me type of approach that most gps give you yeah Yeah. exactly a what (laughs) you know um so you know basically i went armed with that look you just need to send these people an email then i'll get out of your hair um and um and then uh i've been working with bp pride for lots of years before that but um but yeah came out came out at, at bp in the loudest possible way and and haven't looked back since and it's just been you know i think it's i think it's a great test you know whether i've done the right thing or not just by the fact that i haven't had a single moment where i felt any suicidal ideation since the minute i started transitioning i felt the happiest you know i get such joy just from the most stupid things like looking at <laughs> trees and leaves and you know yeah. because it's it's is almost that, you know it's that it is that release seeing it that, with new eyes yeah it's the release it of is. the pressure it and is you, you have a basically having a rebirth i guess what is what's happening in a way yeah it's what it feels like you know i've gone from being somebody that was really um socially isolated oh yeah me too I was going to say antisocial, but I wasn't so I wasn't antisocial. It's you. It's just you can't be social if you can't be yourself. Yeah, um, it's, a bit, you can't it's a bit of an act. To, I think. It is it, absolutely, and I've gone yeah. from that to being somebody that loves talking to people and loves yeah. meeting new people yeah. and and just I just find joy in 
just about everybody you know so it's 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 really i'm sounding like a right hippie now aren't i no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually we actually met for the first time on um sammy's um tea and coffee we did thing didn't we the tea yeah and coffee we did. network trans yeah network. absolutely and what what sammy's done with that uh little organization i think is truly amazing it's stunning yeah, it, yeah absolutely and, and sammy actually she she won an award last year didn't she she was the she did pink news pink news yeah. lgbt yeah, friend absolutely, of the year absolutely so well deserved, deserved. Absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah. you know it's there's there's so many people in our i mean you know what there's there's, there's loads of people in our community that that deserve awards i think sammy absolutely deserves yeah. more recognition for what she's done she because does. she's she she's absolutely tireless she's absolutely incredibly patient you know she goes yeah. she's been through her own challenges herself over the last 18 months with yeah. such dignity um and i say that with a big smile on my face because it's it's dignity in in sammy's own way you know <laughs> but but it, she is just the most amazing person you know yeah, and it's definitely a little powerhouse isn't she she is and she's she has such patience with yeah. everybody she deals with and she's she is just i'm a big fan i think she's bloody amazing she i mean is. there's there's i mean there's people like rebecca um uh talander havland as well that runs 56t that that doesn't get anywhere near the recognition that um that she deserves but you know i mean she's she's gone through i don't know if you know her but i don't know her actually no. I, i'll put you in contact you need okay. to get her on this podcast and talk to her right. but, yeah, but her life story is something and in fact i think they're making a movie out of it but it, you know it absolutely know. needs to be a movie but the, you know again the things that that she's done around boot camp and helping homeless trans people get jobs and mm. um you know, in some cases, uh, get free of addiction and help yeah. people out. And she's doing 56T now um, in um, uh, in Soho. You know, there's, yeah. there's all of these people that do so much that, that really just, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's maybe, been all maybe kinds I of do a... um, kind of spin-offs from Sammy's uh, tea and coffee group. Yeah, absolutely. There's been absolutely. All, you know, all, there's all kinds of us doing kind of, different things now that we weren't absolutely. doing six months ago absolutely because it's it's one of those things you know that 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 i mean i've seen it from the corporate yeah. world with trans in the city but but you 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 know with tea and coffee it's one of those things where it's just an, an ideal um uh you know perfect example of when you see an empowered trans person standing up and being a success and doing something it inspires other trans people to do the same and that's it such does. a powerful thing you know it's 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 an amazing you thing can, and it's, you can watch people join that group and they're very quiet and then you know a few weeks absolutely. later they're up and yeah up and running and bubbly and, yeah, yeah absolutely kind of have a little kind of transformation themselves just definitely just, just because they've been part of that group that network yeah, sharing absolutely. ideas and you know 
It's that foundation, isn't it? It amazing. just gives you a, it just gives you, it just gives you that foundation of confidence yeah, that so more, actually more, you can more go power do. To Sammy, is what I say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But let, let's also just quickly talk about your um, work you've been doing with mermaids. I know you used yeah, to be sure. uh, a trustee with them, and you've, you're kind of taking a little break in a few weeks' time. So, yeah. So could you just tell us, you know, what what kind of work did you do with mermaids? And, um, so I how, guess there's, how was there's it? yeah, I mean, you know what, mermaids is something yeah. that's that, that's really, really close to my heart. I, yeah. I, I've been working with mermaids for probably the last three or four years. Um, first of all, I, I mean, I've, I've worked... Uh, with them with the early um, trains in the city events um, just really to try and give them a voice in the corporate world and try and um, get people to listen to them and and understand about trans kids you know because it's it's something that that I feel very strongly still myself you know I still feel the pain of of going through the wrong puberty and and how that felt myself, you know, and it's, it's something that's really, really close to my heart. Um, and then last year I was, I was just so privileged to be asked to be a trustee. So I, I worked with them um, for most of last year. I've been working with them closely um, anyway. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a really amazing thing for me to say, actually, but Susie Green's one of my really close friends now yeah. um and you know she's just the most fabulous person that and uh, that gets you know i mean blimey i talk about i moan sometimes about some of the abuse that i get with people sending me people videos of people being beheaded and stuff like that but you know the amount of abuse and pressure that that susie gets is oh, i can imagine at astronomical a- absolutely astronomical and she's one of the most dedicated, amazing people I know. There is, there's, there isn't, I don't think, a, a minute in the day when she's not trying to do something positive for, for trans children and their families. And um, so, yeah, I was so privileged to, to, to be part of that amazing team. And they are an amazing team. You know, they're a tiny charity, really. Um, people yeah. kind of think that they're huge, but they're not. They're just a, a small group of the most dedicated individuals that you could, yeah, you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I've, myself, I've had help from uh, Louis Asquith, who's a, Louis. Yeah, yeah they they uh, are just legal person. They are just yeah, and yeah. you know Louis is again. Louis is amazing. Such a beautiful person, yeah. honestly. So amazing you know, for me you know it was yeah absolutely was and and that's the thing with mermaids you know that it's it's they are I mean, they're just so open and helpful and you know they are just such a bunch of yeah of just glorious gorgeous people and it was it was so um it was so amazing to be part of that yeah Do you um, intend and to I hope go back? you know I mean I'm, I'm once i think i'd like to yeah i mean yeah. i mean always i'm, I'm never going to be away from mermaids i, I will always and it's um and yeah i'd like to i mean the 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 reason um i guess there's a couple of reasons why why i stopped really and and um 
the first one is is the work that I did over the last year with um, the corporate world and the GRA and the government and yeah. trans rights to human rights and the trans in the um, trans awareness week events. I mean, we did arrange 37 events and, and we did, I mean, literally last year I worked seven days a week, 14 hour days all, all the way through. And I, yeah, I think I remember I've had that three period. days holiday in the last two years. Yeah. It's yeah, just manic. You were um, putting out a lot of um, videos about the, the GRA, the GRA reforms issue. That was very yeah, yeah. 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 Which, oh, um, which is unusual for me because I, I tend to shy <laughs> away from any, any publicity. No, I remember at all. that there was one particular but, um, one you put out, it was, it was an amazing inspirational, um, you know, video that you put out just explaining what the GRA reforms are all about. I mean, it was, yeah, that was great. Thank you for that. It really helped me as well. No, thank you for, you know, like we're all part of the same. Yeah. We're all part of the same thing, aren't we? You know, so it's, it's you know, but, you know, so and I really reached the end of last year and I was really, I felt really ill, you know, I was, I was, I was, I just had so much stress, so little rest that I honestly felt absolutely exhausted. Um, well, you were working on stuff at that point. You, you know, you've got to take time. For I was, and I, 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 yeah, and I pretty much worked nonstop for the last three years, I guess. Um, and then, actually, you know, it's it's I'm so privileged to be in the position that that. Um, I mean, actually, due to some of the work that the trans working group at BP did when I was a contractor, um, we put trans healthcare um, in place as part of the private healthcare package. And uh, with my new role, something that I was that I just didn't didn't expect when we put it in place. But as a as a permanent member of staff, I was I was able to um, to take advantage of that so I went from having no hope of of really surgically transitioning yeah through the NHS to being offered transition surgery in six months time and and you know that was the end of last year as well and it was um um so I knew no matter how much uh I wanted to carry on and I'm, I'm still doing um, I'm still doing some pretty, pretty amazing things. That I'd love to talk about, but I can't um, no, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but um, um, uh, I knew that I was going to have to take it easier this year. Um, yeah. So really, you know, it was standing down from mermaids was such a hard thing for me to do. Yeah, I can imagine. I, 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 I stood down on there. I stood down. I had a word with Susie on on the Friday and I think I cried all weekend because it's so um it's so so very I feel like crying now actually it's um, <laughs> it's so 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 close to to yeah, my I mean, heart so special to me when you're so involved in something is it you know it's very difficult to walk away isn't it even if it's just a temporary walk away it is it is but it's you know I need to um you know I'm going to be having my surgery on um yeah 10th of february and yeah, coming um up very quickly. Uh, you know it's it's yeah eight to 12 weeks recovery and i'm, I'm sure so are you, um, for that period I'm sure of, i'll be you, doing are you just going to kind of hide away and uh not do anything well 
I mean, if my surgeon's listening, yeah, no, I will be absolutely <laughs> resting and taking um, taking uh, all of well your advice break. and and yes. not doing any 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 work at all for that time. Yeah. Um, uh, I will be doing. I will be having a rest. Um, yeah. There, there's things I need to do as well. Uh, so, I mean, I how 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 do you believe. feel about having this surgery? You know, you've always been waiting a lifetime for it. I mean, it's. I have been waiting I can imagine, a lifetime yeah, for it, and it's, I can imagine myself getting to that stage and being kind of a combination of excited and scared. You know, and yeah, I had I had a period of yeah. being really scared about it and doing like the, like the oh my god, am I really doing the right thing? You mm. know, all of that sort of stuff, all that sort of natural thing when yeah. people are talking about surgery a, a, a few weeks ago when when. You know, it suddenly becomes real when you have to come off your hormones, which is yes. awful. Beforehand. Um, and you go and see, you know, you go and have your surgical referral yep. and you talk to the nurse and all of that sort of thing. And, and, and it becomes very real. And I went through a huge period of nerves. Then I suppose I was like 50% nerves and, and 50% excitement, but it's, it's kind of, the nerves have died away because I, you know, I just know, I just know it's just going to be the most amazing thing for me, you know, and, and it's, it'll be, it's, you know, it's the stuff of dreams. And it, yeah. it is, and that sounds like a really like trite thing to say, but you know, this is, this is the, this is, this will be the me that I literally have been dreaming about you know in my dreams yeah. then I'm it, like it's like, this. The, it's like the final so, it's the final hurdle isn't it it's the final step in the whole thing it is it yeah. is you know and it'll be it'll be it'll just be so amazing it'll be just so self-fulfilling yes absolutely. to you know just getting out of the shower in the morning <laughs> you know yeah. and just yeah. looking in a mirror and being yeah. me yeah. will just be the most amazing thing it would just honestly it's it's yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. there's just just not enough words you know to and it's it's um it it just will be it's just such a gift honestly yeah. such a gift and it's such a privilege and i know you know, in some ways I feel really guilty because you shouldn't, it's, you shouldn't feel guilty. You know, I, I know I'm getting something that, that there's so many people that, that are on the NHS just don't have access to. So I do, I do feel guilty about it, but, but, um, well, I mean, but, you know, um, you, you should wish actually I could give it to everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think we all, we, we would all feel the same way, you know, but you know, you've got that opportunity. So take it with both hands and, you know, don't, don't feel guilty about it at all you know no and it's one of the things that that you know, I you do responsible it's one of the things that we are nhs and it's lack of funding you know the nhs needs to step up so everybody no, can do it you know they do and it's one of the things that we are i'm trying to work with lots of companies to to try and get them to add it onto their as healthcare as well and that is gaining yeah. ground yeah, yeah and that it's you know i think it's i think there's more and more companies that are doing it so hopefully it will become something that's that's yeah really recognized as, as as i mean it's not a big thing in terms of you know in terms of corporate healthcare 
No, you're talking. It's not, is it? Uh, what thirty thousand pounds, thirty-five thousand yeah. pounds yeah. for a treatment, which is, I mean, it's like it's kind of like elective knee surgery. Like, I mean, type uh, expense I or something like to, that. You know, I compare it. I compare it to buying a new car. I mean, it's about the, it's about exactly. the cost of a mid-range yeah, car, isn't it? So, you know, exactly, it can, it can be financed. Exactly. Can you be, obviously have really expensive tasting. Well, of course, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can spread. You no, can you're spread right. The cost you're over several right. years. You don't have to, you know, pay it all at absolutely. once. Absolutely. So that the, there must be ways of financing it and and you know getting more. Um, of course and you know in terms of like uplift for yeah yeah no absolutely and in you know average large corporates or whatever you know there there is little or no uplift cost to adding it onto your onto your private healthcare package because if you've got seventy thousand employees and you're talking about you know 0.5 percent of them being transgender and you know 25 percent of that needing any type of uh you know surgical intervention then you're talking about actually a small proportion of your your workforce so it's it's minuscule yeah. risk when it's you a, talk about huge huge yeah, it's, employees so it's, it's, it's a tiny next to no of, uplift so yeah, tiny number of employees and when you compare it to other health uh care costs it's probably quite similar for similar operations yeah so yeah absolutely so it's you know it's it's um it should be covered and it's you know and it's it's one of those things that i think all should be putting on their putting on their list of things to do i mean bae systems give me the give me the number of your of your uh of the person that looks after your health care let's go and beat them up (laughs) (laughs) yeah no problem i can find that So there is there is something else we need to talk about, and it's to do with our little meeting we're having next Friday. So, yes, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure where we're going to be going with this, but we've decided to have a meeting of several kind of I, w- I would call them leading role models in the trans community, yourself included, um, Sammy, um, Amber Rose Washington, who I spoke to last week, and yeah. Nikki and Terry from over in Canada. Sure. And uh, also we've got Billy, Billy Morpen, who's over there as well. So, you know. She is, she's gorgeous. Yeah. So we will, I mean, the, the intent of this is to, you know, we've all got these individual platforms going on and we're all doing our individual work. But I want to kind of understand what we can do together and you know support each other's projects and work in more of a collaborative way so i don't know how you feel about that yeah absolutely i mean obviously we're going to have a big discussion next friday i mean that's uh, yeah what do you think yeah i mean it's 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 a great idea i mean that you know what the trans in the city was was built on the same premise yeah um and you know i'm 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 fully aware that i'm uh you know my strength lies in the corporate world yes um, it, it lies in making connections in the corporate world and talking to CEOs and yeah. talking to MPs and, and doing yeah. all of that. That's, that's where my strength lies. Um, and you know, my strength isn't, isn't, uh, talking to individuals like, like Sammy can. I mean, Sammy's strength is, is very much 
talking to to individuals and leveraging social media and all of the rest of the stuff and i think it's it's the more open collaboration we can bring to the the trans community and i always um i always shy away from describing myself or anybody else as an as an activist because it because that brings up loads of i think negative imagery um um, so I, you know, I shy away from calling myself an activist, but, um, but I guess, I guess I am, I guess we all are if we're actively doing something, um, to help, but, um, collaboration in the best possible sense, you know, collaboration for collaborations sake to make, um, things better, to push things forward is absolutely the way to go for the trans community. Yeah. You know, I think we've we've seen, you know, not just in the corporate world where where we've seen people maybe doing things for attention for their companies to make their companies better and, and not maybe doing it solely for the for the 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 um advancement of trans awareness and trans rights. It's it produces less um effective results um and i think if you have people that really really want to make a change um and you know aren't doing it for self-promotional or whatever um and i don't have a problem with self-promotion at all actually i don't you know i think that's a perfectly valid reason for doing stuff i just think it's i think it means that that you're probably less effective in what you do because you you always have that oh if i do this i get more attention if i do that other bit that in itself might be be better then then it should be goal driven you know we as a as a group we have these goals we're trying to achieve these things yeah let's collaborate and see what we can do to achieve them in the best you know yeah absolutely it's it's, i think it's a great idea you know it's, it's it's what i've based really trained in the city and all, all my work around really yeah. it's um so, yeah, i've got yeah. my favorite quote from harry s truman actually which is um um which is uh it's amazing what you can achieve if you don't care who gets the credit there which is my uh one of my uh one of my favorite that's a great, great one of my quote. favorite joke yeah it's it's true though you know it is. it's um Absolutely. you know we shall adopt right that as minute, our, you know there'll be mission statement we have to have it. We have to have it tattooed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sure there'd be some sort of really thick concealer that'll be able to hide it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've you know we've covered all the topics that we wanted to talk to talk about today. So a huge thank, thank you for yes. coming on and doing the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was fabulous to have you on and have a chat. Uh, thanks a lot. Now you know, like Vicky, it's 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 this type of podcast which really pushes things forward so much so you know thanks for all of your time the the, all of the ones that you've done in the past as well have just been so amazing and so eye-opening and so informative and it's exactly what we need to do you know it's i think you're doing an amazing job thank you yeah I'm, i'm really enjoying doing them and uh you know there's some some great guests so far and you know hopefully there'll be some more great guests to come so yeah 
perfect. Almost nothing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you very much. And hopefully see you on uh, tea and coffee soon. Yeah. Take care. See okay. you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.